That sounded like sex. <laughs> this is a Soulfire production. with me and you'll be in an America full of microaggressions coming in hot oh man did you just make that up? I mean yeah you guys that's what I think about all the time this morning this morning I was we were barely awake Connor rolls over and like semi snuggles me and goes happy anniversary I was like in my head, like, oh, fuck, did I forget something? No, this is not an anniversary. I said, an anniversary of what? And you said. I don't remember. I wasn't awake. First time I ever called you a dumb bitch. <laughs> Happy anniversary. I wonder if that was actually a year ago today. I think you started earlier. <laughs> I was dying laughing. That was amazing. Yeah. I don't know how you come up with this shit. It like I just, six I o'clock don't. in the morning. It just is how I, it just like how I wake up. It's what is where my mind is. Yeah, that's disturbing. Yeah, it is pretty. Dis- I'm pretty fucked up. Yeah. Whatever though. But everyone knows who listens to this show on the reg that if Connor is being that dumb to start the day, we are in a good place, and I feel like we've had a really nice day. It's been a very nice day. Mm-hmm. Very nice weather here in mm-hmm. Denver, Colorado. And then we uh, pre-gamed the show by singing Bonnie Raitt and um, Logic. Logic. And what else? We were in there deep. Yeah. We got so deep in the playlist. I don't even know, but I, I know my voice so is primed deep. up. If anybody can't tell. It's extra buttery today. So buttery. None of that margarine bullshit. No. Or ghee. This is real butter. I love ghee. Ghee is stupid. Ghee is overrated. It tastes weird and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I wish I kn- had known you when you were little because I feel like when you say shit like that, that's exactly how like four-year-old Connor would say it. Um, it's stupid and I don't like it. I think I didn't say that enough when I was a kid and that's why I say it now. Oh, really? Yeah. Let's, let's uh, unpack that. Oh, really? We're going to psychoanalyze me already? We haven't even talked about our sponsors yet. I know. Do you want to talk about STDs and then we can talk about, <laughs> we can unpack your childhood? <laughs> hey, do you guys, Natural segue. do you guys like to fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. But in all Having seriousness. Having sex with strangers is great. Yeah. But it comes with its downsides. It does. That's all we partnered with. Let's get checked. <laughs> okay. So here's the deal. Getting tested for anything blows. Either you're going to the doctor and you're going to get the unwanted bill afterwards that you yeah, probably no. don't want to have to pay for. Or that. you have to tell everyone that you're getting tested for STDs and who the fuck wants to do that. And that that, that kind of, if say if you did go get tested and you were at some clinic somewhere and the nurse was like a f- dime, just like a killer smoke show and you came back with the clap. Your chances are out the window. Yeah. That nurse is never going to be a part of your life. She's did, not going to be into it. Did that happen for you? No. But I did hear a story about a nurse hitting on me for my granddad. He was very proud of me. You heard a story about a nurse hitting on you? <laughs> yeah. What does that even mean? Well, when I broke, my granddad told me this yesterday. I didn't I didn't know this. I, had to, I didn't remember. But when I was in college, I broke both of my heels. Yeah. I was in the hospital. And he said he walked, he like walked, the door was open and he heard the nurse hitting on me. Through the, oh, that's amazing. Oh, Papa. <laughs> yeah, he's the best. You remember, the he remembers stories. the craziest shit and he tells me the same stories over and over again. I love and they're that. always great. He's so cute. So back to Connor's non STD, but poor nurse situation. I'm sorry that didn't pan out for you, Connor. Maybe we yeah, can well, work on I something made, in the future. I made it here. Um, we actually really love let's get checked and everything they're about because they make this whole process very seamless, very simple. We've both done our tests now. Um, we didn't do STD tests, but we did, uh, we both did the hormone panels, the female and the male hormone panels. Um, and so they really offer so many different options for what you're looking for. They also have COVID testing now. So if you want to see if you have the antibodies, quick, uh, quick caveat to the COVID testing, they are not offering the discount that we're about to offer you on COVID testing because they're offering it at cost. Yes. Which is great. So again, we love what they're doing. So glad they're being transparent about that. Sorry, we can't get you a discount, but you're already getting a massive discount to begin with. So um, just a little bit about the process. You order your test online. They send it to you really quickly. You get these little vials. You just prick your fingers. It can take a couple fingers just to be totally honest. If you start with your ring finger, it's way better. 
Oh, okay. Well, there you go. It bleeds the most. Yeah. And Connor did a whole video on this. Do you still have that on your oh, it's on there. Instagram? Um, but it's just a little bit and you just get blood and you fill these tiny little vials up and you send it back. Um, and they immediately get your results within like two days, which is really nice. Yeah, they text it to two you to, two to five days, even on the long end. That's not very long. No, it's awesome. So we love what they're doing. If you go to try lgc.com slash babe, you'll get 20% off and you can figure out whatever testing works best for you and let and us know how it goes. Yeah. And all those links are going to be in the show notes as well. So try lgc.com slash what Kelly? Babe. Babe. Boom. Boom. Do it. Okay. And then you can keep having sex with strangers with no fear. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I feel like we need to do a show on that. <laughs> That's pretty great. All right. So um, trauma hot potato. Connor came up with this idea the other day. And I think I was either high or had a glass of wine. So I don't exactly remember what you were saying. I think you, you had saying. done both. Probably. It's been a week. Um, where were you going with this? This was not a fully formed idea, but I was. I had, we're going to form I had, it now. I had partaken in the herb, in the sacrament, <laughs> the holy sacrament of Colorado. Praise Speaking me. of, I got high as fuck last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I had. Kelly, Kelly likes to, to mix up edibles with actuals, with, with the flower. Yeah. And two glasses of wine. I was so gone. I had the greatest night though. And not that I recommend that. And I'm not trying to like do the whole numbing blackout thing, but it was really nice to just be like that relaxed. Yeah. Just saying, okay. As you were. Um, no, but I was thinking it was fun. You know, when I smoke the herb, I get, uh, I get oftentimes either completely blank or highly philosophical. <laughs> no, but I was thinking about this idea that like, and this is not a new idea, but you get your bullshit from your parents or whatever. Right. And whether that's, um, subconscious or conscious or, you know, passed down epigenetically, but then it kind of, it kind of came around to how many experiences I've had with people, right. Where it's been a relationship or a friendship or something where I end up just like taking on other people's shit and it's super frustrating, but it's almost like we, we like blind ourselves to it just because that's the, like, it's the cost of being with a person. And it really is the cost of being with a person. If you have poor boundaries, it makes it much worse, of course, which mm -hmm. I'm sure we've both, both learned at certain times, but it's kind of like this hot potato game, right? Cause like some say some dude has like mommy issues and then he dates a handful of women who then have issues because of that guy's mommy issues. And they didn't date these other guys, but they have boundaries and wall or they have walls up. And then that affects those dudes. And it's just like this tangled web of fuckery. And you can see how some people have it way, you know, have to deal with it way worse than others. But it was just this funny kind of conundrum that I put my mind in when we were baked on the couch. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> let's like, let's really get into this. Cause I think this was such a interesting thing to bring up and you know, something you and I talk a lot about, we've gone through somatic therapy, we've done plant medicine together multiple times. Um, we really understand each other's trauma. Not that we've lived it exactly the same. We have a lot of the same core wounds. There's just a lot of like empathy and compassion and understanding there and shared experience in a lot of ways. So I'm curious for you, as you think about that, as you have been in relationships in the past and maybe less conscious and aware than you are now, um, what has it been like for you almost passing that trauma baton back and forth and knowing that you're taking on someone else's stuff, knowing you're giving them yours, that you guys are just constantly projecting all that shit? Well, I don't think it became very evident to me until my last like real relationship before we dated, but, but the, my response to that was to hit the pump, the brakes on serious relationships for a couple of years, which was great. But I just realized I was doing it. You know, it was, I feel bad about people that I treated unfairly and I don't necessarily know. I didn't know any better, you know? So it's like not that much to feel bad about, but it was unfair for sure. And what's the experience been like, you know, it's been a lot of different things. It's been resentment of my parents for in a lot of ways. That was always, that was a big part of my like twenties for sure. Cause you get into, it's like, I got into college and I realized that every family wasn't a fucking dumpster fire. So I just mm -hmm. kind of like, then I was frustrated with everybody that, that, uh, that I felt like had a subpar, um, role in my, in my life. Um, but no, it's been, it's been interesting now and I don't have a lot of like shame around it, but I definitely feel bad about treating people unfairly. Okay. I didn't deserve it. And then, and I hope that 
even though I know this, this had had to have happened at some point that it didn't like negatively affect their future relationships. Mm. What did it feel like when you were having other people's trauma projected on you and you knew like, this isn't mine. I'm not sure what to do with this. And I can clearly feel this coming at me. You know what I'm, do you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. I, it was, what does it feel like when that happens? Yeah. Um, that was the funny thing. So that happened a lot in my previous relationship and that was like, um, it was really stressful because I think we, we develop coping mechanisms for our own stuff, you know, and it becomes something I can handle. Like I can handle my own stuff. I, even if I, it's hard to wrap your mind around it sometimes, but my own like avoidance or anxiety around certain things, I've kind of grown accustomed to them. <laughs> like they're old friends at this point, uh, even though it wasn't always that way. But whenever I felt like I was like, there was a lot of projection going on or that something wasn't, wasn't mine, I guess it's, if you want to say it that way. Um, it felt very, it was way more stressful to deal with because I wasn't equipped. I didn't have, I didn't have coping strategies for someone else's bullshit. And that was really weird. It was like insecurities that I didn't really have and frustrations that I didn't really have. And, and even just like desires that weren't really mine. They weren't like coming from me. It was just, I think I need to do this because this is what I feel, but it wasn't really even my feeling. It was someone else's feeling. <laughs> it's a strange, it's, it's a strange up. rabbit hole to go down, mm -hmm. but you're like, wow, that's like, once I realized how much of that wasn't mine, I had, I just, it was like, I'd lost track of where I was giving my fucks to, you know, it was, it was, I guess it's like lack of alignment in a lot of ways. And then I was able to kind of rewind, hit the rewind button and, and clear some of that shit out. Thanks to a handful of practices, but yeah, it, it feels very like foreign. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like there's a foreign object making your decisions. Like you've been hijacked. And you were saying like the lack of boundaries, when did boundaries come into play for you amidst all of that or following that, knowing that I can no longer be penetrable in this way? And I also don't want to be just putting all my stuff on someone else. Uh, yeah, it was after that. I think, I mean, that was, that was the best thing about it. Cause it, it comes as, as difficult as things are. And I don't know if this is always the case, but it's been the case for me. It's like as difficult as it is, there's something to learn from it, you know, and it's, it, and there was enough of a pattern at that point. And this is why I'm such an advocate for people not getting married super young unless, I mean, it works out sometimes, but you almost need the time to have a few relationships and just like burn them to the ground so that you can see what's going on. It's not, it's hard to see from the middle of it. And then you to, to try to unwind that later on in the same relationship is just really it, it either very hard or impossible a lot of times. Um, but the role of boundaries are very interesting because it came, you know, of course your first, it first kind of exploration into having boundaries is kind of closing people out, you know, um, which I think was appropriate. And I think it's important to do that. Sometimes people are just like, well, you have walls up or you have whatever. And it's like, dude, maybe that's just where that person needs to be. And that's very much where I needed to be, where it's like, I don't need to like give anybody else any of my feelings of any kind right now. Um, but it became a, a game of discernment. That makes any sense. Yeah, totally. It was like, okay, what is this feeling coming up? Where is this coming from? Let me track this thing down. Okay. Does that even make sense for me? Or is that just some like, is that just some foreign object that's that about to bust out of my chest like alien, you know? Yeah. As you're talking about all this, I'm just thinking, you know, you said mommy issues, which is funny because I always have dated men with mommy issues. And I am a, an Enneagram too. I am a fixer, saver, helper, rescuer. And I really have found the value in myself in, in taking care of someone and mothering them and doing everything for them. And I felt like if I wasn't doing that, then I had nothing to offer and I was a failure. And so I was, now I understand because I do have the awareness and I've done so much fucking work around this is that I was constantly looking for these types of people and I think that I, I think that you actually fall into this category because you have had a strained relationship with your mom and it was so hard and you do have intimacy stuff with women. But the interesting thing is you've done more work than anyone I've ever been with. And there's such an awareness for you around that, that, you know, like, this is how I feel. This is what I've done. This is what works for me. This is what doesn't. I've never been with someone who was even aware that they had an issue. And so I think the interesting thing for me now is that I was just constantly spiraling in relationships, trying to fix and then never feeling good enough. And it was always just like, 
let me fix you. Oh, but I'm never good enough. And no, it's never enough. And I'm still failing. And I'm still, there's still more I could do. And let me replace this person who you didn't have a good experience with. And it's interesting because I, I still tend to do this and you'll call me out and you'll be like, thanks mom. <laughs> I, it's still definitely like deep within me. But what I've noticed in all the work that we have done together and separately is that the more I step away and this comes up in the Madonna Horror complex conversation too, but the more I step away from that mothering role, the, the more I find worth and value in myself in other places, the less you are like that. So the less you rely on me to take care of you, it's like the more I step back, the more you're able to step back and we're able to able to be in like our individual experience and our sovereignty and not stuck in our trauma pattern. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's it like sense. my trauma is constantly triggering your trauma and vice versa. And so then we're just like bringing each other back into this stupid shit rather than if you take a step back outside of your own patterning, you really give energetic permission to the other person to do the same thing. And once you take that step back, you're able to look at it with perspective and you're able to work through it when you're not in the middle of it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, one for me, it, I don't think, and I'm sure it was possible, but it was a lot harder to have a healthy relationship before I healed the relationship with my mom. And oh, I know that people sure. don't have like that option sometimes. Um, but that was really, I mean, that was my 31st birthday when things really changed. And I think I changed a lot in that, in that day, that day, that was a really big day for me. Um, but yeah, that helped things that helps me so, so much. And almost like subconsciously, like things just shifted. It was like, and things for me haven't shifted in like these big profound, like aha moments that, that often it's more like an accumulation of small things here and there over time. But that was definitely one where it was like, Oh, things are, things are different now. And I was even, I think before, even before, I mean, obviously before we started dating, I was like capable of having a healthy relationship. I didn't on purpose, but it wasn't, it was, it was there for me. You know, I was, I was capable of it. I just had other things I was doing mm -hmm. and it had to have been like, you know, someone's tracks had to fit my train type of thing. Right. But I totally get that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think it's funny too, as we, I have those big aha moments. Like I have these like massive shifts that come in and like, I just change like so much and so drastically and so fast. And you are not like that. You make big changes over periods of time. I will literally change everything overnight. And that's what I respect about you. And I'm really glad you're not like me. And I think that's why we work well together is because we do operate differently in that way. Yeah. We can sort of ground each other on either side it's hard for me sometimes as you are in your process and you're working through things, I'm just so much more outwardly expressive about it. And I'm definitely a talker. I have to talk my experience out where you're very much more an inward experience and you'll make small changes that lead to really big changes. Like your life looks drastically different than it did two years ago. Yeah. But your progression to get there is so opposite of mine, which is so funny. And it's hard to understand sometimes. Well, I think, I think so much, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this too. I had this conversation with Cal on the great unlearn. We were talking about this and he was talking about my ability to just, to just handle like whatever comes along, which I, I'm not always great at. We all know that <laughs> both of us know that, but generally speaking, like, I think that a lot of how you handle things that are psycho spiritual or I mean, just based on like your, your psyche, right? Whatever, however you want to describe, just describe that, whether that's your soul or your mind or whatever, it doesn't really matter for this analogy, but the, my introduction to spirituality and self-observation was through Alan Watts for the most part, a, a handful of other people, but that's kind of where, when I hit that, I was like, I'm riding this train for a while. Just like I'm doing the thing. And one of the big my one of my big takeaways from his teachings, which I'm sure everybody has different takeaways because everybody's kind of hearing it through their own lens, but was this kind of detachment from expectations. And that's why I don't even to a detriment sometimes, like I don't really feel like I'm chasing that much. Like it just it just doesn't really like it's hard for me to really be in pursuit of something unless it's something that's just joy, right? Something that just brings me, so, it has to check so many boxes for me to actually want to really pursue it. I mean, the podcasts do that. 
elk hunting does that. Cause there's, I mean, think about how many boxes those check, right? There's a self-expression box. There's like a, a living a life without a boss kind of box like that. And even getting out in the woods, it's like, there's so many things, there's so many things about that are that just like bring me joy. Like I pursue those things hard, but it, it does detach you from the world a little bit in certain, certain ways, which can be kind of frustrating, but it's kind of the juice is worth the squeeze in my opinion. But I think a lot of how we handle things and how we expect change to occur has to do with how, how we were introduced to change occurring in the first place. If we're used to like big profound shifts and that's kind of your entry point into spiritual personal development, well then that's kind of the, that's the way you're going to be used to doing things. And if you're, not that's not that's not how you were introduced to it. If that's not what your expectations were coming in. Then you're going to have a different mindset as it goes. It's like if, like growing up in a small town, for example, I wasn't used to traffic, and then I moved to Austin, and I was like, oh my god, traffic! Like I just didn't know how to handle it. It's just a different. You get used to what you're used to, and what you do, and how things have worked for you, and it kind of creates your pattern of growth. So for me, it's not. I'm like, oh, if I can make a small shift, like if you know, if a ship sailing turns two two degrees to the right and in a day, it'll be completely off course. You know, you can make a lot of change with small shifts and I think it's more sustainable. And that's even what I do in the coaching programs. It's not about like, I, I even get, I have an issue with people that are like transformational coaches. I'm like, that's first off, that's very arrogant <laughs> to think that you're going to like turn somebody into, you know, from, from a fucking, you know, uh, Chevy Camaro to Rumblebee to make a transformer analogy there. <laughs> but, no, but I think it's, 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 the game, the game is, it's a long game. And I think there's a lot of little things you can do that just become habitual and become part of your way of being that really can provide a lot of value. That's just how I look at it, but it, not that that's right or wrong. It just is. Yeah. And that just speaks to our difference in the way we grew up and view the world. And, you know, I was teaching my kindergarten class two weeks into school because I, they had nothing left to teach me. So I became the teacher. I, um, skip seventh grade. I was just like, let's go. Like, let's go. I graduated high school at 17 was always like moving so fast, had a job at ESPN at 21. I was always fast tracked. I grew so fast. I've been six months since I was 12 fucking years old. Like every part of every cell in my body has moved so quickly. I don't know how else to operate. And I think that's why I chose you is because I needed to slow the hell down. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to slow down. And even, you know, we, this has caused how many fights for us? Not as many lately. Cause I finally have like wrapped my head around this and you have learned how to talk to me. And so I don't scream, but, um, <laughs> um, even when we moved here, I was like, the house has to be done and moved in and look perfect in like three days. And I was feeling such panic and anxiety because it was taking longer. And our house is sort of disheveled right now. And I'm having to sit in a mess in a lot of ways. And that makes me really uncomfortable. And I'm on other people's timelines. And there's lots of things that I don't have control over. And, and my whole spiritual journey and, and awakenings and all of that has been so fast. I've been in this world for two years. And, you know, even my own brother was like, dude, you come home and like, we don't know what we're going to get. And you change so fast and it's really hard to keep up. And so one of the best things that I learned from Laura Holloway, our, our friend, Laura, she said to me, she said, stop chugging from the spiritual water bottle. You have to take sips. And I think that was a choice for me in being with you and knowing that, slowing down didn't mean I was failing. Having awakenings, making changes in my life didn't have to look all the time, like giving up my entire former career and moving to a new state and breaking up with a long-term boyfriend and, you know, all these big things. It didn't always have to look like that in order for me to feel successful because none of this equates to achievement. And that's where I grew up was in a state of constant chasing achievement. And so now it's how can you sit in the experience, have your aha moments and know that just because you have that moment or you don't, doesn't mean that you got an A or an F. Yeah, that's interesting. I think, I don't know. I think I, I really can't imagine something that I've ever gotten, like some kind of achievement that happened fast, you know? I don't, and I don't think it really gives you time to prepare for it. I mean, there's been situations where I could have capitalized on something like an opportunity and it wasn't prepared for it where things could have happened fast. Um, but every time I've, every time that's happened, the few times that it's happened, 
it, I just almost just didn't have like a foundation. Like it, I just wasn't, there wasn't a lot of stability in it. Like things that came fast would go away fast and it would be like a little blip. Well, and I think that's why, again, I'm so glad to be with you because even with Soulfire, Soulfire is growing and successful so fast. I am like, oh shit, this is what I wanted and this is the pace I wanted it at. And now, you know, luckily, not luckily, but we had quarantine to sort of slow things down and reevaluate the entire company. And I was able, and with your help, because in the beginning I didn't ask for your help because I didn't want to bother you. I was like, oh, I got it. And then I realized that was a really bad idea. And so we were able to go back and build more of a foundation for the company in order to have the infrastructure to handle the onslaught of shows that we have now. And that was such a beautiful lesson for me. It's like, yes, this is going to grow this fast and you're going to reach your goals of having X number of shows by this date and this amount of money and blah, blah, blah. And you better have a good fucking foundation. Otherwise you're going to lose your mind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's when I, when I start doing anything new, I'm just, I always just build out frameworks first. Yeah. I skipped that part. <laughs> I always do. I mean, again, we got in a huge fight about that too. What was that about? Cause I, oh, I think I did the online retreat and I built out the whole retreat, but I didn't do any lo- looking into like zoom webinars or any, like <laughs> you were like, it takes five minutes to Google, just go Google it. And then come to me if you don't know, or you have a question, then I'll help you but you can't just bypass 10 steps and go to the finish line. But that's how I've always worked. Like I've always just gone to the finish line and I've always been successful and made a lot of money and had the best jobs and, you know, been the best player in the country and all this stuff. So in my mind, that's how the world operates. And so I'm having to unlearn all of these things in order to be able to like fucking function as a 32 year old woman who runs a company. And, you know, it's just, why are you laughing at me? I, I didn't, I, I'd forgotten about that. When you were, we did the online retreat series at the first of quarantine, you were like, all right, we're going to do webinars. And I was like, okay, um, have you upgraded to the webinar package on zoom? And you were like, what is that? I was like, this is like kindergarten level <laughs> webinar shit. You had no idea. No. Like I thought we just all get in a zoom thing. I was like, well, you can't have more than this many people on this. You had, there was so many things and it was so clear that you hadn't even considered, and it, which is great to like put yourself out there for sure. But I've never gone and done a thing without having like an understanding of like the tech behind. <laughs> but you know why? And this speaks to, again, my experience, my privilege and my view of the world. Everybody always did everything for me. Yeah. Like, The fact that we run a production company is like probably makes people laugh from my TV life because I didn't know how to do anything because everyone did everything for me. We had like 10 producers and all these audio people and all these people behind the scenes. And I was just like the cute face on on TV. I've never had to do the back end stuff. Well, I was in my last real job that my job was the person I was the one doing the thing for somebody else who didn't have to do anything for themselves. Right. <laughs> so I got to, I got Which is why I think you on. and I get in fights sometimes is because you equate me to that experience when I'm acting like that person. And you're like, yo bro, let's learn the back end stuff. And we are running a company and we do need to know how these things work. And I'm just grateful for you to bring that perspective because I will steamroll through every experience because that is just how I've operated. And not that it's right or wrong, but I am now seeing that there's an other side to things that can be so beneficial and important. Yeah, totally. And that's, that's with everything. Actually, I had this Again, on the Great Unlearn, Cal and I had this great conversation. Definitely go find that podcast. Super fun. But um, we were talking about that hike I went on. So I went on my first backcountry hike. And a friend of mine and I got together. We're like, all right, we're going to do this hike. We're going to this alpine lake. And it was about 11 miles in-ish. And uh, there was a pretty pretty intense like elevation change. So it was like over a mountain and then down and then back up on the other side uh, to a different to a different really beautiful alpine lake. And we were going out there with the intention to scout for elk and mule deer for the upcoming season. Um, and it was so funny. We were walking in and we ended up, it was supposed to be a, a two night trip. We ended up making it only one night because we had spent ourselves. So we didn't get our, to our camp till like 1130 PM. Um, we're setting up stuff in the dark, you know, slept in later than we wanted to because we were just wrecked. My feet were just trashed. Um, and then I realized that if we would have stopped that hike, one, if we would have just gone the path that was already there instead of trying to take a shortcut, that would have been a lot better. And if we would have gone about half the distance we went, we would have ended up in a way prettier area. We would have not been cached. We would have been able to go out and enjoy ourselves for the whole time we were supposed to be there. 
We wouldn't have had to cross a freezing cold Creek <laughs> with our shoes off, which ended up with me having wet boots um, because I almost fell down. Um, and we would have been able to do it all in daylight. And we would have actually been in areas where we could have scouted and, and would have been way more productive, but we were so dead set on like, we were getting to this place and on the way back out, we were, I was talking about how I was telling him like, this is actually the area we should have been is on this side, not where we went, but we were so had blinders on. And we're so focused on getting to where we said we were going to go that we totally just bypassed where we should have actually been. And it was so funny to me. I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's how I fucking live my life. And I get myself in trouble like that. And especially thinking about being spending time out in the, in the, in the mountains alone, like that's how people fucking die. So I've been really keeping myself in check with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is interesting. I think that there's, um, when you talk about blinders, we can have them and we don't see what's possible for us. And I, I think this to, to my experience in terms of needing control and having a plan and being super type a, I always wanted my life to look a certain way and, and do a certain thing. And in a lot of ways, my life has actually panned out very much the way I wanted it to, but it doesn't look like I thought it would. Uh, you're not the person I thought I would be with. I didn't think I would live in Denver and love the mountains and be running a production company and, and all of that stuff. But in a lot of ways, it's very much what I wanted. And so for me, it's been letting go of the expectations and the blinders and seeing what else is available. And I talk about this all the time on my show and in my Her Truth program about the box that we put ourselves in and we can never take a step outside the box because God forbid we see what else is available to us. It's Mm -hmm. so scary. And when you take those blinders off and you really open yourself up to other opportunities, yeah, it's unknown and yeah, it can be scary, but also look at all the things that are there and available to you and all the possibilities that you wouldn't have seen had you not just opened yourself up. And so we get so caught up in these plans and these ideas and it's like, yes, that's all well and good. And I'm all here for goals and plans and dreams, but think bigger, like think more outside the box, see what else is available. Get curious. This is like the foundation of who you are, which you have taught me. It's like, get curious about what else is out there that's outside of this realm of ideas that you've grown up with, that you've been taught is available to you because there's so much more and it can lead you to something that is actually so much more in alignment and so much more right for you, more beautiful, something you can enjoy more. But if you don't let yourself see that, you're never going to have that experience. Yeah. No, I think we have these, you know, boundaries on experience that we, that are implied or learned early on, but even I would even be, I would be cautious to say, think bigger because that usually just means like, well, more money or more of the same shit where I would think I would even refine it down. Like what are the, what are the values that what you want represented with your life as Mm. opposed to like what you want in life? Because there's lots that, that leaves you with more openness. It's just like how you language things to yourself. Like what are the, what are like, is it freedom? Is that what you want? What is that? How many different ways can freedom look? And I've talked about this a lot, but there's, there's people who live in a fucking van and surf all the time and make like $10,000 a year doing random things or whatever that are super stoked to be alive and to do what they do. And there's people that make a million dollars a year who are equally as stoked because they, you know, they love the grind and the hustle and, and, and playing that game. So it's like, which game do you want to play? One isn't better than the other, but if you, if those guys switch roles, they probably wouldn't, they wouldn't, you know, resonate with the other person's life just because it, everything comes with inherent sacrifices. It's funny you say that to refine it rather than to think bigger. In my mind, I like that you said that. In my mind, when I refine things, it means I am keeping myself small. When I think bigger, like for me, it's freedom and play and, and all of that, right? So for me that like when I say bigger, I can like see like expansion, like of my body expanding into this thing that I want yet in that expansion, there is a deep refinement because I have asked the harder questions in order to get to the core value and what's important to me. Yeah. So it's funny that we say it differently, but we really mean the same thing. Well, yeah. And expansion comes with asking yourself hard questions because you're doing things that you're, that are novel and and that you may not like, you know, you get, but you got to try it on and see what happens. And that's, that comes with a fair amount of self-questioning. And especially if you're doing something that you've previously been ashamed of or scared of or whatever that you end up liking that may have been repressed for whatever reason, 
Well, then you've got to ask yourself a lot of a lot of uh, hard questions, and that can kind of snowball into a bit of an existential crisis, which is good. I, don't I feel know like what it's that it's is. a progressive it's a progressive <laughs> crisis. But um, but yeah, I mean, when you start to when you start to question the nature of your reality. <laughs> You know, things get a little weird. Let's get into that. But before we do, I want to talk about our sponsors. We love Clear Stem. I actually thought of a really good idea. Put it on my face. What? I hadn't told <laughs> I hadn't told you yet. I was thinking we should um, you know, we run ads on this show, but we also share with everyone on our social media about what we're doing because it's important. We have audiences everywhere. And I was thinking that I want you to like this sounds really gross now that I'm gonna say it out loud, but <laughs> I want you to give me a facial. <laughs> an actual cleansing with clear stem facial okay and show everyone how much we love their products and how great they are because we've been using them for months i swear to god i got rid of everything else and it's all i use yeah it's great stuff i know you it's, love their their cleansers it has it feels good on my skin oh men it feels good it smells good i'm like oh my god it helps with my wrinkles and it makes me feel beautiful and clean and he's like it's Nice. It's it, 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 it works. It, it, it feels. <laughs> I feel very clean after I use it. I don't. I don't know. It makes my beard less oily, which is nice. See, there you go. So, um, their founders, two great friends of ours, Danielle and Kaylee, developed a serum that helps reverse acne scars, regulates hormonal oil production, reduces redness and inflammation, increases collagen elasticity in the skin. So, I have had mold toxicity for months now and my skin broke out in this horrible rash and it's been really, really unfortunate and it's dying down now. But what I notice is that using the cell renew made a huge difference, especially now that I've been really treating my skin multiple times a day, trying to calm down this redness and inflammation. And it made a huge difference. So I just wanted to share that because that's been really powerful in terms of my experience with clear stem. So if you guys go to clearstemskincare.com, that's clear S T E M skincare.com. Use the code babe. You'll get 15% off their products or you'll get $10 off their products and 15% off their ditch your acne course, which they basically teach you how to get rid of acne through the food you're putting in your body, the products you're using, hormone stuff, all the things. I'm so grateful. I never had to deal with acne stuff. <sighs> Yeah, you're lucky. Yeah. I was just thinking about that in the shower, mm -hmm. like right before this. Mm -hmm. But I still like clear stem though. That's good, baby. So do that. Promo code babe. Yep. Good job. <laughs> um, and let's talk about CBD. We love Ned in this house. Because yeah, Kelly's super stressed all the time and always <gasps> giving me shit. And then she gives me anxiety that I have to drink all the CBD. So I just drink it straight out of the bottle. All of it. All of it. I don't really do that. No, he doesn't. But I get that drip though. He does the little drip, drip. We love Ned because they use cold extraction, very gentle and slow with all their products. They also infuse all the good vibes with binaural beats and positive affirmation. Sometimes I think they play like dead mouse to it because I get hyped. <laughs> I'm just walking around like laser beat noises. That's how I am. Wow. Yeah. But sometimes I think somebody's fucking with me and throwing in some dead mouse into their, into their vibrational settings. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Anyways uh, nothing synthetic in any of their products. They don't have flavor. It is pure as fuck. And I personally love Ned because of the Natural Cycles collection. Uh, it really helps with PMS. I took and some of your Natural Cycles stuff the other day. How's your period been? Um, heavy flow, actually. Heavy flow. Heavy Do you have flow. wide set hips too? Yeah, wide set hips and a heavy flow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we use it for- If you were wondering where your tampons have going. I was wondering, I had to go buy a box today. I'm like, I can't find any. Yeah, I know. It's like a river down there. <laughs> I did tell you my uterus fell out the other day. That's really what it felt like. <laughs> um, I don't think there's enough net in the world to save me from that one, but it helps with anxiety, sleep, and inflammation as well. So if you're dealing with chronic illness, I cannot recommend this enough. If you go to helloned.com slash babe, you will get 15% off your first order and free shipping. That is helloned.com slash babe. Okay. Here's what I wanted to talk about. Yes. In our waiting, formulate <laughs> waiting Bueller Bueller <laughs> literally going to punch you. Did you lose your train of thought? No, I was trying to formulate what I wanted to say. Okay. You can go now. Why you never rush me? I'm always rushing you. Whatever. So now that you know what's really annoying in podcasts when people talk over each other. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can go now. I'm not gonna marry you. Okay. <laughs> 
Now that you have awareness and understanding of your trauma, what projecting looks like, feels like, what a healthy relationship is versus a non-healthy relationship or unhealthy, whatever. Um, How do you navigate when your own things come up? Yeah, that's my question. How do you navigate when 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 your own things come up? with, with this awareness that you have? Um, when my own things come up, I don't, sometimes I, it's again, I think it's like a discernment game. Like sometimes I think, I think that it's just like a me thing and I just deal with it. That's how I am most of the time. Is it a me thing or is it like an us thing? Cause I don't need to share everything. So I'm just like, I, I don't yeah. know if it's something I can just handle or process on my own or just handle it on my own journal about it or whatever it doesn't can you it, give it, it, an never, example? it never really like comes up in our conversation yeah, and this is what i just don't fucking get so can you give an example <laughs> of something that you've processed on your own that has come up for you that you chose to not bring to me because it was oh, yours God, there's so many things i mean just like my it's usually just stuff that's just normal life stuff like what I want to do with the podcast or how I want to change my business or how I want to show up for interviews. Like this, I mean, that's kind of like the majority of my life. Like how I want to spend my time. Am I waking up early enough? What I want to do with food. What's my relationship with the gym? Like it's all that shit. I don't, I don't like talk about that. I mean, a little bit here and there and I'll like air my frustrations because sometimes that's healthy, but I, uh, I don't, um, generally speak. Like you talk about stuff way more than I do. I just, I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel productive for me. Right. Yeah. And when we just operate differently like that, I guess I was more thinking things that I trigger in you or things around our relationship where you're oh. like, oh, I don't feel like a need to talk to her about this, even though she brought it forward or it happened with us. It's not about her. And I'm going to go deal with it on my own. Well, no, that's like, uh, for example, like when you, like you process stuff so much more than I do mm-hmm. and you talk about things all the time. Right. That's your thing. And then sometimes I have to like process your processing, which I'm not going to process with you because that would just be like triple processing and that's too much. Mm, that okay. Makes sense? Well, can you explain that more? Well, no, when you're bringing something up or you're frustrated about something and I'm trying or like you're struggling with something that's going on in our relationship. Like I, you know, just asking myself, like, what's my role in this situation? What's the best thing for me to do? How can I be supportive? Like, I don't ask you, I mean, I do ask you, I can be supportive, but like I, I try and like sort things out and give myself like a good framework before mm. having that discussion. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. I think it's nice to, to, to work through some stuff and give myself like a nice understanding of where I'm coming from before I like bring it forward to anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny. I, I noticed, so we had this girl over and had a whole experience and everything was fine. And then she left and I, started to freak out and I was like, we can't do this anymore. Blah, blah, blah. And like, I knew it's not how I felt, but it was just coming out. It was like this old pattern of thought that had to literally leave my body. And so you're on the couch and I'm just talking to you. I'm like, we can't do this anymore. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, what, like what's going on? You started, I could see you starting to get defensive and you're like frustrated. And I was like, just let me talk this out. Just stay there and listen to me. And I like put my hand on your chest and I sat with you and I like talked the whole thing out. And I was like, never mind, that was great. Okay, I love you. Bye. <laughs> and that was like it. I feel like you just do that thing by yourself. Mm-hmm. I I don't outwardly spiral very much. Yeah, I get very chaotic. And I think that I am especially around that stuff with like bisexuality and threesomes and jealousy and understanding what I want and my desires and letting myself feel that's all I'm unlearning some really deep seated shit right now. And so it feels really chaotic in my body and as it's coming out. But what I've noticed is that if you are present with me and you just hear me out and you're non-judgmental and not frustrated and you're just like, okay, like what do you need? And I just say all the things and then I'm fine after, I guess my question from that would be, is that fair to you? What do you mean? Is that fair of me to ask you to just sit there while I go in this chaotic spiral of mouth diarrhea rather than me just dealing with it on my own and then coming to you later and maybe telling you like, hey, this is how I was feeling. Well, there's a balance in that. Yeah. I don't always do it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think it's unfair. I mean, 
Uh, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't categorize that as unfair by any means. Yeah, <laughs> we've never talked about this before, so <laughs> you're all welcome again. I don't know. I'm. It's been. It's been. I've had a lot of stuff coming up lately. Again, I. I was like, I was rolling for like four months, and I was feeling so good, and then some things happened, and I've been back in it a lot. And what I like in the way that I have handled things is that I think I do a really good job of acknowledging when something isn't about you and when it's my own insecurity. Yeah. And you might trigger it cause you're my best mirror, but I'm like my trigger boy. What's up? Yeah, you are. <laughs> but I'm like, Oh babe, this isn't about you. This is, this is what I'm processing right now. This is how I'm feeling. So please don't think it's about you. Um, I think the hard thing when you came back from the trip you were just talking about and you came home at night early and I was, I was, I was upset. I was pretty bummed you came home early and it wasn't because I didn't want to see you. I love hanging out with you and spending time with you, but I had set aside that weekend with you being gone. I had dropped Remy off at the dog sitter and it was just me and Dutch. And I was about to have 48 hours of quiet so I could just cry and take baths and do mushrooms and process. So I didn't have to do it around you. And I didn't have to be like mom and girlfriend. I could just be like, whatever with no one asking me for anything. And then you came home and I thought that I was like being super sweet and whatever, but you felt like I didn't want you there. And you came home with like this amazing realization of how much you loved me and like all these things. And you were being so sweet and I was so grateful, but I couldn't match that for you. Cause I was really deep in some stuff and it felt really uncomfortable. And so we, the whole next day we were, you were being really weird and kind of standoffish and snappy at me. And I was like, fuck, what did I do? Like, I ordered him dinner on the way home from his trip. Like we snuggled all these things. And you're like, I just don't feel like you want me here. And I was like, Oh my God. Cause I don't. And I just <laughs> didn't even realize. And I, so we talked about it and I told you, Hey, I'm going through this thing right now and it's not about you, but I really just didn't want you here during my process. And now it pushed back me letting go. And so I ended up doing mushrooms that night after the next day, after we talked and I was able to work through all my stuff and it was nice. But the funny thing about that, and now I feel like I'm rambling, but I think this is important. One of the things that I'm realizing right now is that I say sorry so much. And I, I know that we've talked about this before, but I've noticed it a lot more. I feel like in me processing or working through something that it is a burden to you. And so I was glad you were gone because I didn't want to be a burden by crying. And you were like, babe, it's okay. You, you can do this when I'm here. And I felt so bad because I didn't want to like put that on you. So I was like, oh good. He's gone for 48 hours. I can just get all my crying out. So when he comes back, I can be like the happy, fun, playful Kelly. I didn't want you to have to be getting that version of me. Yeah. And so that was, that was a really good lesson too, is like, I kept putting off my own processing. I literally told myself not to cry for a week and just wait until you were gone. Cause I knew I would have time. And it was like, why are you doing that? He's okay if you process when he's there, just tell him what the fuck is up and like yeah. go do your thing. So I don't know. It was like, I think that was a really good lesson for me in a million ways and just in communication and how powerful energy is and that I didn't even say anything and you didn't feel like I wanted you here. Yeah, which sucked. Yeah. Because I had just been through something really shitty. Yeah. Gotten in way over my head and was so glad to be. Well, it was like, I was so happy you were here and I like... I felt like I was super accommodating and doing things for you, but I don't think I was energetically available the way you yeah. wanted. Cause you were, well, you, you were more available. Than I didn't you know what you were going are. through and you were like, you didn't know what I was, I just like dealt with. No. And it wasn't like I was in real danger of dying, but there was a couple of times where I was like, this could go really like, this could go really bad. Yeah. And we were in like, we were in over our heads for sure. And I was, <laughs> I was like crossing a log over like a roaring what is sometimes a creek, but since there's so much runoff, I was like, if I fall off this, I'm going to die. Mm. Like it was, and it was like a, it was a log over a, like a creek that then turned into a waterfall. I was like, this is going to go really poorly. Um, but we get it done, but it was, yeah, you just have so much time when you're out there. I mean, I was by myself, but there wasn't a ton of talking, just like being, um, and like cruising around barefoot and fishing in the morning. I was just like thinking about stuff and it was, yeah, it was a very, we were definitely on different pages for sure. I didn't really want to be home either. Yeah. I wanted to still be, I wanted to have not fucked up the trip and, but yeah, it was, it was unavoidable Yeah, and I was just like exhausted and had overdone it. 
And I think that that's a good lesson for anybody who, when you're not meeting your partner wherever they are, neither of you are right or wrong, but it's just having compassion and empathy for where they are. And it's honestly saying like, I should have told you how I was feeling. Also, the first thing I said to you when I got service was like, hey, I'm coming home early. Can you make me pasta? Yeah. And I was (laughs) like, oh. Okay. And you're like, can you eat one a burger instead? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. It's great. Whatever. Yeah. I would just like, I had already ordered myself dinner. Yeah. But I felt bad. Then I, yeah, I felt bad that I like even asked you for anything. No, it's fine that you asked. I think it just takes communication. And we learned like if I'm in that situation and I feel energetically shut down, I just need to tell you, Hey, I love you. And I'm so happy you're here. And I can't wait to snuggle the shit out of you. <laughs> I need to go cry and like deal with this thing for myself so that I can be present with you. And just having that awareness and that vulnerability to share that, I think that's so important. Cause after I told you all those things, you like held me and you're like, go do your thing. That's fine. I love you. Yeah. You know, cause we're all, we all just want to be loved and seen and accepted. And we both wanted that at that point, but I don't think either of us were able to like show up in that way for the other person. So, yeah. Wow. I don't know. Good I stuff. just feel like I went down a rabbit hole. Sorry. You, did. you didn't even want me to be home. What an I asshole. I did. Shut the fuck up. That's what I took away from that. <laughs> this relationship is fucked. It's fucked, Kelly. Why you gotta be like that? Why you gotta be so mean to me all the time? Why you gotta be so rude? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to share about trauma or your experiencing or your experiences with me and trauma? I feel pretty traumatized right now because I feel like I just need to, I need to move out. I'm going to go put my tin up in the backyard. Thanks for cleaning up all the dog poop so I can do You're that. You're welcome. I created a good foundation for you. <laughs> and all the grass I planted, it's going to be nice and soft. It looks very nice. Fantastic. Well, I think that does it for today. It does. We do have to tell everyone about Cut the Crap. Oh, yeah. Go listen to it. Our good you friend. like business and stuff. Yeah. Wow. I'm really selling the ads today. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> Face wash is good. Podcast like. <laughs> um... <laughs> Our good friend, Kristen Hinman, who helped us create Soul Fire, is an incredible business strategist. And she comes at it from a very much a holistic approach and infuses her spirituality and intuition into everything she does. And she just really has a knack for this. And I am so grateful that we were able to work with her on this. We love her show. She mostly does solo podcasts, has some guests now and then, but really loves to educate and teach. So head over to Cut the Crap on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, leave her a five-star review, and send her some love. We love everything that she's Yeah, she'll help you build a framework so you don't get in over your head. Exactly. (laughs) Especially now if you started some kind of side gig or you feel like Mm COVID-19 has given you the opportunity to go do something cool with yourself. Yep. Check it out. Cut the Crap with Kristen Hinman. Good job. Kristen. All right, babe. Well, good job. Good times. Thanks for not wanting me to be home. So rude. So rude. Trauma hot potato. That's a good job. This show is brought to you by Soulfire Productions.